Welcome to another exciting weekend message from Encounter Church. For more information, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Well, today we have a very special, while the baskets are going around, we have a very special guest today. Uh, his name is Samuel Strandberg. Samuel is a friend of mine. I've met him a few months ago at, uh, at, our, at our parent church, Allison Park Church. Uh, Samuel is originally from Sweden. I don't want to give away too much, but uh, he's from Sweden, and he's from a church out there called SOS Church in Stockholm, Sweden. And they're planting churches all over the world, particularly in the 1040 window, which is an area, um, a latitude, longitude sort of area of our world that is the most unreached place in the world. And uh, so Samuel is now here in the United States. He works with Allison Park Church and with the Northeast Ministry School, which uh, a couple of the people here actually are graduates from that school. And uh, he's going to be here today to tell us about the work that he does around the world, his heart for Jesus. And uh, so I'm excited for Samuel to come. So why don't you guys please give a warm encounter welcome to Samuel Strandberg. Wow, wow, wow. I'm very honored to be here. It's my first time preaching in a, uh, in a cinema. Wow, wow. This is going to be awesome. This is so cool. I love your church. Thank you for having me and the Northeast Minister School here. Uh, Jared and Heather, I'm very honored to be here with your church. And you guys look great. Beautiful. It's a very special day for me as well because I, I have my parents visiting here from Sweden. They're here for 10 days and they're, they're in the back there. My mom is going to translate for my dad today. Um, so I, I will go slow here so, so my dad can get the whole preaching or I'll just preach for him later in the afternoon. I don't know. I also brought my wife and my, my, my child. My, my child is downstairs there at the nursery, and my wife is here, and I have two students, uh, graduates from the Northeast Ministry School. And I've already met uh, a couple of other graduates from the Northeast Ministry School. This is awesome. This is awesome. Uh, I hope that the rest of you are going to attend this year. The Northeast Ministry School, you can come and talk to us after the service if you're interested. Uh, well, I'm very excited. I'm going to jump right into the message here because I, th- I think I have something for you guys today. Uh, are you ready for the Word of God? Um, I'm a very, very simple guy. Uh, I've been a missionary for the last 10, 11 years. I, I went to school, Bible school in, in Sweden, in Stockholm, with uh, Mission SOS, and that was 11 years ago. And since then, I've had a heart for missions, for the people in the world that has never, ever heard about Jesus. And a month and a half ago, we were down in Zambia, Africa, and I was down there with, uh, with my students here, and even Sierra that is here, a member of your church, but she's attending the school in Stockholm right now. We were down there and, and preaching the gospel for people that have never, ever heard the gospel before. And in a couple of months here, we are going to India and West Bengal up in the north India, where, where there are so many people that have never heard about Jesus. We're going to bring the gospel there to an unreached village. And, and it's, it's a passion in my life to share Jesus to the ones that have never heard about him. 
But today, I want to talk uh, about the miraculous. And I, 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 I've prayed this morning that the Holy Spirit will just uh, impart something here this morning. Faith for the miraculous. Faith for, for, for miracles just to take place. So I expect the Holy Spirit to show up. He's already here. And, and just bring the miraculous into us this morning. Are you, are you with me on that? Are you excited? Father God, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for each and every one that is here. Holy Spirit, I pray that your word will go out now. I pray that I will be able to share Jesus and paint a perfect picture of Jesus. And I pray for miracles to take place as I'm preaching. And the whole day today and the whole week, the, the whole coming week, in Jesus' name, amen. What an amazing church. What an amazing church. Awesome. Encounter church. I'm excited. So, uh, so in Hebrews 12 and 2, uh, I think we have that in, on the next slide. There's one of, one of my favorite scriptures. It says like this. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Love that scripture. Uh, it talks about Jesus and how we can look at Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And that is kind of what I want to talk to you about today. And I was looking up different translations. Uh, you, you guys here in America, you're very rich with translations of the Bible. Uh, I mean, I, I can easily look at 25, 30 different translations. In Sweden, we have one. Or two maybe that are good. Uh, and it, it tells exactly the same thing in this verse. But when you read different translations, instead of author and finisher, it could say pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And all those words are so amazing. Let me just briefly introduce uh, uh, faith a little bit. And you know, sometimes when I preach, I've, I've been preaching all over the world. I used to live in Africa. Uh, I, I, I lived there for five years uh, on the border of Ethiopia and Somalia. And, and Somalia is a country where, where you should never go on vacation. Um, but if you want to go there, you can come to me and I'll give you some information because you will not find any kind of, uh, you know, tourism books or anything about Somalia. Somalia is a, uh, is a very dangerous country and everyone there uh, are unreached by the gospel of Jesus. And we live there on the border of Ethiopia and Somalia and we planted a church there. It was awesome. And, and, and um, uh, when we handed that church over to the local Ethiopian pastors, that was a couple of years ago, four or five years ago. Since then, they've planted four more churches which is just beautiful. And a couple of years ago, I was down there and preaching in one of our daughter churches. And, and as I was preaching, I had to pause three times because it was raining stones on the, on the roof and the ceiling. And I just had to take a break, make sure that everyone is okay. And as I was, as I was asking them, are you okay? Should I continue? They were just shouting, continue, preach the word of God. I love that. I love that. They were so hungry for the word of God. Aye, aye, aye. But you see, sometimes when I preach about faith in different churches, here in America, in back in Europe where I'm from, or, or in Asia, or in, or in Africa, 
Some people get a little bit, they get a little bit insecure and a little bit um, uh, nervous because faith sometimes can be this huge subject and people, they're, they're kind of like, oh, come on, don't talk, to, don't talk to me about faith. You know, I don't really have that much of faith. I don't even know if I have any faith at all. Please talk about something else. You know, faith is a little bit, come on, talk about something else. But you see, Faith was not our, that's not something that we have created. So we don't have to be so worried about it. It says in the word that he is the author of our faith. Jesus is the author. He's the pioneer of our faith. So he's already gone through that. He's already created it for us. And if you look further in the Bible, it's, it's in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. You can see that God has given a certain amount of faith to each and every one of us. So if you sit here today and say, hey, you know what? You talk about faith. That's great. Someday I hope to develop that or even get a small portion of it. I have good news. You already have faith in your life. Because as you were created, Jesus put faith in you. And then you say, well, you know, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't do it for me because my faith is so tiny. It's not even called faith. It's more called a hope. Well, that's great. You see, because Jesus went on and said, hey, you know what? Even if you have faith small as a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed, you can still say to that mountain over there, move from there to here, and it will do that. And anything will be possible. Isn't that wonderful? Faith is something very powerful, and I have good news for you today. No matter who you are, no matter what you tell yourself or tell others, you have faith in your life. And even if it's small, and you say like this, hey, my faith is so small, it's so insignificant. I looked that up, a word up today, and I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was going on in the shower saying insignificant so I could pronounce it right this morning. Even if it's so tiny and so, so small, and you say it's not perfect at all, it's imperfect, you know. Jesus, he's the one who perfects our faith. You see, your job is just to take that small, small thing you have and use it. And it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be big enough, it's not gonna be enough. But that's when, where Jesus steps in. He perfects our faith. Isn't that wonderful? So who, no, no matter who you are today, you're going to grab that small faith. Or if you have big faith, you're going to grab what you have and you're going to use it. And what is lacking on that faith, Jesus is going to step down and he's going to perfect it. He's going to finish that faith for you so we can connect with heaven. Is that good? And I just want to be very practical this morning. I want to talk about three things. Uh, to get faith for the miraculous. Uh, very practically, I'm going to uh, share three things with you this morning. Is that okay? Number one, number one, it's going to come up here. Be bold. Be bold. And I'm just going to warn you, English is my second language. And there's a couple of words uh, when you learn English in Sweden that we Swedes, we have a problem with. 
learning the word bear, the animal, that was tough because it, because it can easily be something else which you drink, uh, which is not good to drink. And sometimes when you preach about bears, you accidentally say beer and people are just confused leaving the service. You know what I'm saying? Bold and boldness is another word like that. It can easily be bald or baldness. So when I'm talking today, I'm talking about be bold. Have boldness, you know, like a lion. Don't stand in faith for boldness. You know, stand in faith for boldness. Okay? So if I make a mistake, you guys know what I'm talking about. Okay? <laughs> awesome. There's a, there's a great verse here in Hebrews 4 and 16. It says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence, with boldness. You see, I've preached in uh, Africa many, many times and in many different nations in Africa. And sometimes I've been in services. And when we're about to pray for something, people start to shake and they get this weird kind of voice. And they say, Father God, Father God. And they don't even dare to look up to God, but some kind of religious things comes upon them and not only in Africa I've seen it here as well I've seen it back in Europe sometimes when we pray something religious comes upon us it's like we do not dare to step into God's throne room we do not dare to look at him or or use our boldness and and use our confidence to say what we need instead we try to put up a show or something and we say I'm not worthy God I'm not worthy But you know what? You're a son and a daughter in the family of God. And he's our father. And he's just expecting you to run to him with confidence. Hallelujah. See, I lived five years in Ethiopia. And normally, in a good year, I got to go home once or maybe even twice to visit my parents back in Sweden. But there was a certain time I'd been in Africa for 14 months without seeing my parents. So after 14 months, uh, more than a year, I got the chance to go home and visit my mom and dad. And I brought my suitcases. I flew back home. And I came to their city. And I stepped uh, up to their house. And as I was standing there in front of the door, what do you think? I did. Did I ring the doorbell and wait for my mom and dad to open the door? Or do you think I, 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 you know, I opened it myself and looked in? What do you guys think I did? I did the third hidden option. Put my suitcases down and I used my force and I kicked the door open. And I went in and I said, Mom, Dad, I'm home. And I could hear them from the TV room. Oh, hello, Samuel. Welcome. And I walked in, and I didn't go into the TV room directly. I turned right, went into the kitchen, (laughs) opening up the refrigerator. Come on now, you know how it is. And I started to eat everything that I've not been eating for 14 months. Oh, I took my dad's meat. I took cheese. I, I, I drank juices and stuff. And I went to the, uh, another you, you know, uh, place in the kitchen. I started to eat licorice and all these good candy stuff. And after a while, as I was wiping my hands and wiping my mouth, I went, went out to greet my parents, hugged them and said, hey, it's good to see you. They said, hi. Do you think that I asked my mom and dad if I could eat the cheese? 
or eat my dad's meat. Come on, I'm a son in the house. If I want to eat something, I'll eat it. I'll ask later. I'll eat it first. That's how we are supposed to act when we come in to God, our Father. Not in disrespect, but we have to understand that God has been waiting for us to step into him. When we cry out for for help, he's already there to give us what we need to help us. He doesn't want us to play religious games. He doesn't have time for that. He wants us to step right up to him so he can start to do what he wants to do, help us. Because we are children in his kingdom. Hallelujah. Be bold. Be bold. If you need something, if you need a miracle, be bold. Don't, don't, don't try to be humble or this fake humility. Just ask him. Ask him. He more than, more than anything, he wants to help you. Hallelujah. Number two here. Move in faith. I love this. Do, do you remember that scripture in Luke chapter 17? With the ten lepers, when Jesus is, is walking, and all of a sudden there's ten lepers that, that they, 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 they see Jesus walk past them. And they shout out because they know who Jesus is. They've heard stories about Jesus. So they shout out, hey, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Have mercy on us. Help us. And, and to be honest, I didn't understand this scripture for, for a few years until the Holy Spirit kind of shared to me what Jesus was doing. But I just thought Jesus was very rude because he passed them and he just said one thing that didn't make any sense to me a couple of years ago. He said, go show yourself to the priest. And then he walked away. And I was reading that and I didn't understand why didn't Jesus help them? Why didn't Jesus do anything? He just turned to them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. And then he walked away. But the amazing thing is that these ten lepers, they knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. You see, back then, 2,000, 3,000 years ago in Israel, uh, even further back in time, when someone was sick in leprosy, They had no chance to get better. Almost no chance. I mean, it was 1% chance maybe of getting better if you, if you get this terrible disease. Now, if, if for some reason you felt that maybe, maybe I'm one of the lucky few that is feeling better, then you were supposed to do one thing. You were supposed to shower and throw your old clothes and shave off all hair and, and just clean yourself and then go to the priest in the village. Because as a leper, you know, you were not allowed to live in the village among the other people. They had their own villages outside the main village. But if you felt like maybe I'm getting better, you do all this the whole ceremony of washing and cleaning and then you go to the priest and he will examine you and say hey maybe you are better or maybe not and if you are better if you are healed you're allowed back into the village and if not you have to go back to your old village where the lepers are and Jesus looked at these people while they were still sick and Jesus said one thing go show yourself to the priest Do you understand now what they must have felt? They were standing there, you know, 10 of them and saying to each other, did we just hear what Jesus said correctly? Did he tell us to go to the priest? 
but we're still sick. We're not supposed to go to the priest if we're still sick. I believe one of them said, hey, let's just do what Jesus told us to do. I don't understand anything, but let's just do it. We're still sick, I know, but let's just do it. And then the Bible says, as they were walking, they were cleansed. I love that. You understand? Sometimes we just have to move in faith. We, we don't understand, but we just have to trust the word of God. We just have to trust the promise. But I, I can't see anything in the natural that has changed. Well, Jesus has spoken. So you just have to walk. And as we are walking, the miracle takes place. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Oy, oy, oy. The last thing I want to talk to you about is claim your miracle. This is a beautiful picture of one of our festivals, one of our campaigns up in North India. In a state called West Bengal. There's, there's 29 states in India. In West Bengal, there's 100 million people exactly living. 0.9% are Bible-believing Jesus Christians. 0.9%. Oh, the message needs to get out there. And in October, I'm taking my whole family and 10 more people from all over, from Sweden, from Texas, from Pittsburgh, from all over. And we're going to go and preach the gospel to these people up in, up in West Bengal. You guys have to pray for us. Because, you know, when we preach the gospel there, we're, we're in enemy territory. I'm standing and preaching next to some Hindu temple, some Buddhist temple, and some mosques. And I'm preaching Jesus Christ. And we see the miraculous take place. Last year, we were in a small village, and I've never been in a village that was so unreached and so untouched by anything. They only had their Hindu, uh, their Hindu religion and their Buddhist religion. They've never, ever heard of Jesus. And we came in and we shared the gospel very simply, very basic, but with power of God. And 1,300 people received Jesus for the first time. Hallelujah. The last night, we saw three, four hundred people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, shouting in tongues, worshiping Jesus that they got to know 10 minutes before that. Hallelujah. Sometimes I go to Europe and they say, hey, you can't pray. You can't preach about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. These people have only been saved for two years. What are you thinking? Say two years. I preach the baptism in the Holy Spirit for people that have been saved for two minutes. Come on. Come on. Have you robbed them two years of baptism in the Holy Spirit? Ay, ay, ay. We have to do something about this. Ay, ay, ay. Come on. Come on. Come on. We had this, we had this man who was completely deaf last year. Coming from the village. And as I was preaching the gospel, something, he was in the back. Something started to happen because he had never been able to listen before. But as I was preaching, all of a sudden something happened with his ears. So he was, he was in shock. So he came closer and closer. And as I was going to start to pray for the sick, he was led up on the stage. And they told me the story. And we tested him on the stage before we had prayed for the sick. And he was perfect in his hearing. Hallelujah. 
he was not born in a Christian home. He was not a Pentecostal brother. You know, he was not part of a church. He was a Hindu that heard the gospel for the first time. God opened up his ears. Hallelujah. Claim your miracle. You remember the story of Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, in Mark chapter 10? I love that story. Jesus and his disciple, they had a campaign in Jericho. And as they were walking out of the city, Bartimaeus is sitting there at the gate. And he sees Jesus. And he's heard of Jesus. And he shouts, Jesus, help me. And everyone is trying to shush him up. You know, be quiet. Be quiet. Why weren't you at the miracle festival? We've just had it an hour ago. You should have been there. Don't disturb the master now. He's tired. And and his people are leading him back home. And he's shouting. And he's shouting. He's shouting a second time. Now even louder. And you know, it's that kind of a man that is kind of... Everyone looks a little bit annoying. And, uh, you know... I I get that man to be quiet. He's disturbing the master. We don't want the master Jesus to think that Jericho is that kind of a city. Can you see how the people are acting? But the second time he's screaming, Jesus listens. He hears it. All of a sudden he says, come on, stop now. There's someone that is crying out for me. And in that cry, I can hear the faith of a person that is in need of a miracle. So he looks him up and they bring Bartimaeus to him. And Jesus tells him, what can I do for you? He says, make me see. I want to see again. And Jesus does the miracle. I love that. The third thing is that you have to claim your miracle. Sometimes we have to claim it. We have to run after it. Bartimaeus, he did not give up. He was shouting even louder. He was shouting even louder. Jesus, you know, because of all the other people, Jesus didn't hear him the first time. Or even maybe Jesus heard him. He just wanted to test Bartimaeus' faith. Will he cry out even louder? And Bartimaeus did. He was crying out. And Jesus is a good God. Jesus is a good Savior. He healed him right there on the spot. Hallelujah. Come on. Thanks for listening to this message from Encounter Church. If you call Encounter Home or if you would like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterPGH.com and click on the Support Encounter tab on the left side. This is a quick and simple way to stay up to date with your regular giving. We hope you join us next week.